0: What a historic night we just watched. Can't believe it. Patrick Marleau now stands alone for the all-time games played. And unfortunately, the Sharks just couldn't pull it out for him, losing 3-2 to two, uh, in the shootout against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll be back to break it down after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show, please follow us on all of the social media garbage. That is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Of course, you can hit us up in the YouTube chat, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, all the shenanigans happening on the Discord. But you can find it all under the umbrella website, tealtownusa.com, where we've got some great content up, and you can catch all of the replays of the show. So tonight, I am joined by Mark Eisenberg. How are you doing, Mark?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Well, to be honest with you, I could be better.
1: <laughs> you know, I
0: I, I was really, I, you know, I was really hoping that the Sharks would, uh, you know, win out tonight for for Patty, but I think, honestly, we just have to um, take away and, and kind of bask in the historical... Uh, greatness that is uh, you know Mr. Shark um you know it was such a such a class uh class move by the NHL for for Gary Bettman to have that nice opening for Patty um you know the the Golden Knights fans were very gracious as well for Patty and uh, I mean honestly it was just first class all the way and and you know our our Mr. Shark deserves nothing nothing more than the best. So I'm glad that uh, the festivities and everything went well. Glad that, um, you know, the, the teams were able to get together on a presentation of sorts. And, uh, you know, the, the Sharks, I think, played a pretty good game, I think, overall. Um, however, just kind of fallen short. So anyways, Mark, I guess first off, what's your favorite Patrick Marlowe memory
1: hmm <laughs> that's actually a tough one there's so many memories of him um probably one of the ot winners I'd say from the playoffs I mean is there any guy who's had more game winning goals than this guy? Um, I know during his career there were times where people, you know, questioned some of his playoff performances. But I always kind of felt the opposite. I always thought this guy, you know, he scored big goals. He scored goals in the playoffs. And the kind of goals he had in playoffs and regular season—it's just amazing. So I'd say one of the OT winners probably has to be a top memory for me of him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely second that as well. I think for me, it had to be that. That overtime winner, you know, Jumbo setting him up, I think, on one of those uh, Detroit series. I think, if I remember correctly, and this is going back a little bit, but I think it was the one where they had the. They were almost about to have the epic collapse where they were up 3-0 on on Detroit, and Detroit came all the way back to game seven. And I think Jeremy Roenick, you know, calls him out pregame or or the game before or whatever. And and Patty ends up um you know scoring the game winner in overtime on a setup by Jumbo. Um and and honestly just just capping off that that run. And yeah, I mean Patrick Marlowe starting as a young in and in, in the league in 97 um, you know for those who are who are really OG Sharks fans will remember he didn't start off as number 12 but as number 14 um, you know that was that's kind of why puck guy you know just 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 for everybody out there but if you didn't know puck guy 14 the 14 is because of Patrick Marlowe so um, you know it's it's very it, it's very fitting um, that he's got that in his handle and you know, I thought one thing that the the guys brought up on the broadcast tonight uh, was that Gordy Howe, you know, had had kind of always been linked to this franchise in a very weird way. Um, when the team was announced um, in San Jose and they were debuting the the jersey, um, it was actually Gordy Howe who came out to San Jose and rep the jersey and um, really, you know, kind of gave it some authenticity and gave it some. Some of that clout that only you know, Mister Hockey, could provide, and you know, fittingly, you have Patrick Marlowe breaking his, uh, you know, breaking his record and standing alone, you know, at the top of the games played list, and and for me, it's not only the games played, but it's the longevity of the career, and. You know, I, I just I, I can't believe how far, uh, you know, he has gone in his career. Um, you know, he's not won the big shiny thing, but damn, he's come close and, and done so much on the international level, uh, you know, so much, you know, for his communities that he that he was a part of, whether it be, you know, in San Jose or Toronto, um, you know, nothing but but good things from Patrick Marlowe. So um, very, very, um, very, very humble player. You know, I, I think he would deflect any and all praise and say that, you know, it was, it was his teammates around him that allowed him to have such longevity. And again, just an amazing career, amazing player. Um, you know, somebody that we as Sharks fans were fortunate enough to watch and, um, yeah, we've got to take this one in and, and just kind of bask in, in the historic night. And again, it's, it's really unfortunate that the team couldn't pull out a win for him, but I think where the team is at right now, this is probably the best um, that they could muster, you know, with, you know, everything going on. Um, I mean, Mark, I mean, I want, you know, floor is yours. I mean, take it away on, on, you know, your thoughts on Patty and and his career and, and just this particular milestone.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I mean, as some people know, I'm an East Coast Sharks fan. So growing up in New York, I had a few favorites back then. You know, Jeff Friesen was kind of my first favorite shark. I always liked guys who were fast. And then I still remember watching the draft when Marlo was drafted and just being excited about watching him the following season. And um, I also have ties to Seattle because I have a lot of family there. So him coming from the Thunderbirds.
0: Thunderbirds yeah.
1: These were things that were kind of exciting, him coming in. And then just watching him play that team with Marco Sturm as well, just the speed that they had were, it was just electrifying to watch, especially as a young person like me, who was kind of out of the local market. So watching those games, he was just an easy fan favorite right from the start for me. So there there were definitely were some other players who came along along the way who may have became my favorites one time or another, but Marlowe is kind of the one that I always kind of have that like, soft spot for because in my youth years he was the guy that I was pretending to be in my parents basement or like just even when I was playing myself you know I kind of wanted to be the fast skater that he was you know
0: yeah yeah I I I totally agree and you know for me the the first jersey you know the first of the the modern era shark logo jerseys was was of course Patrick Marlowe and and you know he for me you know, epitomized the way that the team should play, um, you know, and again, being so professional, you know, there were a lot of times where his personality, I think, left me wanting more um, insofar as, you know, wanting him to be a little bit more demonstrative, a little bit more um, uh, of a vocal leader but he was never he was never that player and never was going to be that player he's always just been a a, a humble humble guy and and just loved the game and, and love playing it and and again i think it's a testament to his longevity uh, the way that he's played the game and, and the high level that he's played at for so long so yeah <clears throat> very yeah, very a lot of it. oh go
1: ahead oh sorry God, yeah, I just think uh, a lot of that comes from those years with Jeremy Roenick, you know, where it was coming public that maybe he was a little too quiet at times. But, you know, I think that was always kind of also the charm about Marlowe. It's like he everything he, he did was on the ice. You know, he just led by example. He led by his performance. Um, there are a lot of... There's a place on teams for both the guys who are loud as well as the ones who are quiet. But Marlowe was one of those guys who... You know, you'd see his excitement when he'd score one of those late third period goals or an OT winner. And you could see that it wasn't he wasn't just coasting. You know, this guy was playing with heart. He's playing with passion. So I always thought that was kind of a good trait of his, despite the fact that he wasn't quite the loud mouth of someone like Jeremy Roenick, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, I mean. You had Jeremy Ronick come and go. And, and, you know, you had an, another one of my favorites was, was Owen Nolan who who came and went and had some friction with Patty. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, who's the one that, that ends up surviving, you know, all of the, you know, all of the the years? It's, it's Patrick, right? I mean, and so I think it just goes to show you that not only did he play the game the right way, but I think he also really um, took his conditioning as, as part of his craft. And I mean, I don't, I don't ever remember a time seeing him in, in a camp, not being ready, um, you know, and, and not being, um, uh, not only not ready, but just not physically there. I think he always came to camp in, in the greatest of shape and, and really, again, just a, a testament to, to how much of a, of a hard worker the guy is. So again, um, Awesome to see Patty um, break the record. Um, awesome to see that the the all times game leader is wearing a shark jersey, you know wearing our teal proudly. Um, I think after tonight I think we'll definitely see more outpouring of, of Patty to the hall um, I, I think that honestly at this point, if you're mentioned in the same breath as Jager and Messier and Howe and, you know, Delvecchio and all of the other ones that had, you know, been further up on that list, uh, you know, if he's not there, I think it would be such a, such a crime, you know, such a crime and such a shame. And And again, it's just having a, having a, career like that I think it just speaks for itself it speaks for itself so yeah Uh awesome and uh, you know I think with that being said I think we'll we'll hop into the game um, I mean the Sharks tonight you know in that first period looked like they had a little bit of jump coming up I think you know they were catching Vegas on the second of back-to-back so they had a little bit more jump in that first period um, I I liked the four check I think in that you know in that first 15 minutes of the first you could really see that the sharks were taking advantage of um the transitions i think that they were defending pretty well in their own zone um and, and nikki kaneshev i mean you know just a, a kid that has been s- been building his resume as just a steady steady player and and gosh i mean where would we be without him you know and and where would carlson be without him you know because i feel <laughs> like right now you know, Nikki is is really holding down the pair defensively, and and what do you see on that uh, on that goal by uh, Konevichov, Mark?
1: The puck just found the corner. Um, I think the Leonard was screened, and you know it was just a perfect example of how they say you know throw it at the net. Good things can happen, um, and just more on Kinesia, I, I fully agree. You know, he's been one of the few bright spots this season. Um, obviously, not the perfect player yet, but for a guy who was just an undrafted free agent coming in and now earning a spot on the roster every single night, putting in the minutes and not looking bad while he does it. You know, I'm not saying he's ever going to be a top parent guy, but for he's the kind of player you need to round out a lineup, you know, and he's young. He could develop further. And I'm seeing a lot from his game that I like Um, the goal tonight. Definitely was a good shot from the point and you just hope to see more of that from him he's starting to get more pucks to the net the more confidence you can see him getting in the nhl so definitely a good effort from him tonight
0: yeah and and i mean being a being a bigger guy i think he's what six three six four or something i mean he can skate blue line to blue line just like the wind i mean i i am always so floored at how big of a guy he is but yet how much he can scoot across the ice it it, it doesn't seem like um you know he doesn't seem like a lumbering olf out there he seems pretty graceful and and honestly it's it's one of the reasons why he can he can keep up with carlson actually to tell you the truth mark i think knizhoff might be faster than carlson at this point
1: <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> yeah let's let's
0: just say that um eric carlson's tenure in teal has left me with a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth so anyhow <laughs> going <laughs> we'll we'll save that for later but going into the second period um you know 29 seconds in Noah Gregor with just a great quick shot um you know Noah Greger inserted into the lineup on the top line tonight with Couture and with Kane and did not look out of place I mean Honestly, it looked like he was kind of energizing Kane there. I mean, it seemed like both of them were just bowling balls in in their, you know, in the offensive zone and really finishing every check that came by him. And, you know, Gregor was creating a lot with just his speed. You know, I I couldn't believe it at how quick that guy can can just shoot, you know, shoot the gaps and, and create two on ones just by moving his feet.
1: Yeah, I think I really want to see him get this opportunity for uh, at least a period of time. I'd like to see, like, five to ten games with him getting some time on the top two lines. I don't know how well long-term he fits as a top six forward, but he really impressed me tonight. Same thing you were saying. His speed is just game-changing. You know, he creates opportunities with that speed, and I'd say at least three or four good scoring opportunities tonight were created by him and his speed. So he fit in nicely there on that line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he he definitely does really fit nicely with, with Couture, and and I think again it just brings he brings another physical element to that line, and and when you can do that, um, you know it elevates the line, and and you know Couture brings the the hockey IQ, um, and and he's got two two guys with pretty good shots on either side of him, and and honestly, you know I think. Couture needs some heavy lifters because he, he is just playing through something and, and you can just see it in the captain. He's just, you know, he's 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 lacking power in his shot, lacking power in his passes. You know, it seems like he's just held together with duct tape and popsicle sticks at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, and can we talk about how unlucky he's been too? I mean, he hits the post this game. He's got the puck bouncing right in front of the net and he couldn't connect to get that one in. I just, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Couture. Um, and he had a great start to the season, I thought, too He was on a great scoring pace But the last, what is it, 20 games or so Just no production at all
0: Yeah, yeah And then one of the the issues that has constantly been plaguing this team And, and just its self-inflicted wound after self-inflicted wound The Sharks took another penalty um, I think it ended up being they took 5 penalties tonight and you know the the Vegas Golden Knights uh power play is is just okay. I think it's actually in the lower third of the of the league. But you continually give them opportunity after opportunity. They're going to score. And Mark Stone sure enough, you know, they put them I think this was the third power play that they put them on and they end up scoring on it. It doesn't look very good. I mean, I'm just taking a look at the at the replay right now. The team just again not clearing out the front of the net. Not really a lot of of physicality in front of Jones. And and you've got two two Golden Knights parked right in front of Jones and it's like guys, I mean what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got, you've got, uh, you have got, you know, a, an elite, you know, elite player in in Mark Stone parked right in front of the net.
1: What do you think is going to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, exactly. And I don't know um, if there's any stats to back this up, but I do feel like Vegas' power play against the Sharks, though, tends to come through. Um, I could be wrong there, but it's just a feeling I get that when I see Vegas going on the power play against us, no matter how good our um, penalty kill is or how bad their power play may be doing, I just feel like they might score Um, because they're just a team who wrestles away that momentum. And when they find an opportunity to do it, they take advantage of it. Um, and those were two examples of it. Both Mark Stone's power play goals. You know, they just wrestled away momentum with those, and you could see it in the second period. They pretty much carried that period.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, after that, after that power play goal, it was basically all Vegas, and and the Sharks just trying desperately to hold on. And and I mean, it, it bears out in the stats. And that first period shots on goal were 11-11, But you go into the second period. It skewed two to one in favor of Vegas, seven to fourteen. I mean, fourteen shots on net, and and Jones had to make some highlight reel saves. I mean, in that second period, and and really was the only reason that kept them into the game, you know, for as long as they as long as they were. So, you know, I don't think we can really fault goaltending tonight. I, I and and honestly, it it just seemed like once the Golden Knights got got their ears pinned back and when we're playing in the offensive zone I I constantly saw the the team you know having long shifts again you know constantly saw the team dogging it when they needed to get back to the bench and you know the defensive pairings are not aware of when to get on and off the ice and 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 I saw it multiple times on that second period and again it is the thing that besides the taking a lot of penalties that the second periods and and their shift discipline has been probably the the beat those two well I would say also goaltending inconsistent goaltending as well would be would be on there on the in the top three for me of issues this season but i i think probably number 1 is second period woes and and shift length discipline because you know it, it and we talk about the second periods and, and i think it bears out with the sharks um differential in the second period is that they're on the long change and and i don't i don't i don't know what it is if they need to be practicing you know if they need to be practicing line changes you know far side line changes or what but Gosh, Mark, it's, they can't get out of their own zone in the second period.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just the d- defensive collapses as well, constantly turning the puck over, allowing the other team to have the possessions, and then pinning them in their own zones as well. So, I mean, you're right, and that, I think that def- definitely correlates to the trouble they've had this season with the second period, specifically early on in the season, but even carrying on through the rest of the season as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know again, I think that that causes those self-inflicted wounds and and again, it just puts them in a position to where you know they're either chasing it in the third or they're tied going into the third or you know they're they're giving up um they're giving up momentum in that second and then the other team is just carrying that through. so uh, you know and then d Dj has, saying, you know, Vegas has more grit this year, best third period, um, you know, best third period differential in the league. And, you know, I think he's right. Second round between Vegas and the Habs is going to be something, something special. So, uh, you know, it, it, the, I can't wait for the playoffs and to see, you know, those teams go up against it. Oh, yeah hockey mom thank you for the uh for the donation super chat donation 20 bucks uh appreciate it and uh, we've also got some some stuff coming in from um from aj as well who's who's sitting on the uh, on the media call so um uh first off uh to the broadcast i was extremely pleased it's the hottest team in the nhl we wanted to play hard for patty and i think we did it was a hard-fought game and we get a point okay I, I mean what else is he gonna say right i mean i i think right now the team is just kind of coming to grips with they just don't have the talent to compete against a vegas
1: no definitely not and you got to think that this game was kind of like the last highlight game probably of the season like this is something that was definitely circled before the season season even started and with how the you know the schedule shaped up and how the sharks have performed i know the points still show us kind of close to the playoffs but you have to feel like with the schedule coming up it's not gonna get any easier um so this was one of those nights that you could definitely tell that the sharks came out strong they were definitely playing for patty um and i think that might have given them an extra boost to take on one of the top teams in the league but yeah the the sharks I mean, imagine them playing a seven-game series. Well, it probably wouldn't be a seven-game series, but imagine them playing a series against the Golden
0: Knights. It gets swept in three games. Yeah, they would get swept in three games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just it's just that bad. And, and, I mean, we've got a couple people going, uh, you know, a couple people in the chat talking about coaching and stuff. And, you know, to be honest with you, Mark, I mean, I, I think by the team not really interviewing other coaches, by the team not really – you know, going out and doing a lot of interviews uh, in the off season. I think it kind of was telling, you know, about where the team thought that they were and where, you know, where where their money was going to go insofar as as, as a coach. And, and I think, you know, at this point, they they danced with the devil that they knew. Um, you know, I don't think he came in at a at a high price. Um, but I think I I tend to agree with the prevailing theory that, you know, Bob Bugner is a transitional coach right now. and, And I think he's there mostly for trying to get some more younger players integrated and trying to get the team to move in a different direction. But long-term, I don't think Bob Bugner is the answer. Um, I, I, I don't know where you're at with Bob Bugner, Mark, but that's kind of what, what I see at the moment. Yeah,
1: and I think I agree with you. It's it, it, To me, it's hard to tell, really, with this lineup, what, what if a, a different coach would have really been any better. Um, I think the real question is when you move on from him or do you want a coach like him Transitioning once you have a lot more of those younger players in the lineup or do you want a more experienced coach? Let's just say a year or two down a lot of those picks from last year um, join the team. Do we want him as the coach?
0: I think we have a puck guy sighting. All right, let me go ahead and let's add Mark, and then let's add Puck Guy, and we got the three of us going. Look at that, Landy no, didn't screw right. it up. <laughs> All right, okay. Puck Guy, how? So, what was it like, man? I mean, you were there. What? What? Uh, what was the atmosphere like? Uh, was it kind of weird with the whole COVID situation? Kind of eerie. I mean. Just kind of give us your thoughts on the ground.
2: Well, honestly, it was a little eerie um, just because uh, of everything. I mean, they had only 3,900 fans at, the, at T-Mobile Arena, and I'm at the Park MGM, which is... <laughs> I mean, if, if they didn't have the pod departure setting up, and we'll get into all that COVID stuff for the arena later, but uh, we're like just a hand walk hop skipping and jump really from from t-mobile arena which was great so uh you know it was uh it was interesting uh you know you only had 3900 fans in attendance uh a lot of sharks fans in in attendance for this one for sure uh but it was kind of eerie but it was it was kind of nice because it was pretty busy on on the second deck where where uh myself and amanda were sitting and uh you know, I, I I thought it was a pretty good crowd. I can only imagine how it would be if it was a full full crowd out on, in there tonight. But uh, you know, it it's it's a pretty nice arena. I'll, I'll make you that. But the uh, you know, I being there, I'm I'm glad I was able to go. I'm glad I was able to be there and see it in person. Uh, kudos to Vegas for you know, giving the salute. They kind of gave a heads up per se before they uh before they did all their their uh, entertainment before uh before the players would come on but uh yeah it was uh you know they said hey you know it's not just a night for the you know the knights are coming home but uh it's also a night for our opponent and let's let's be classy about it let's do this and uh you know and uh, it it was nice, and it was a nice crowd gesture. I'll I'll try to put some of the uh, footage I have up, either on Twitter, Instagram, or on the YouTube channel, uh, because overall it was it was pretty chill. And as we were leaving, as frustrated and as pissed off I am about about the Sharks losing, yay, we got a point. Um, you know, it, I mean, it was you know, kudos. they like, I had my uh, I had my uh, Marlow jersey with me tonight and along with uh, Amanda had her uh, her son's jersey uh, but uh it was you know a lot of kudos is hey you know they it's almost they've kinda, they kind of they kind of felt bad that they <laughs> they won the game because they they know how much Patty was getting in there tonight so oh i know i mean it just
0: seemed like the whole team wanted to have you know patty win that you know get that game winning goal um it seemed like the the team really did try to to rally around him um and and you know going into that third period i think it, it kind of bore out we saw i think we just saw vegas's depth and and vegas you know vegas's talent on display in that third period i mean they really just took it to the sharks all third period um again self-inflicted wounds the sharks put them on the power play again and you know they end up scoring the tying goal 329 into that third period um again you know it's it's not the fault of the goaltending um i think at at that point the 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 system you know in their own zone had really broken down on that goal and and you know again if you allow mark stone to park his butt in front of the goaltender what do you think is going to happen you know what i mean <laughs> I, it's 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 not rocket science i mean the guy is a hell of a player you know what I mean so you know again self-inflicted wounds not marking guys when they need to mark them you know in front of the net not clearing out trash it, it, same issues over and over and over again and it just seems like this team just refuses to learn you know learn from its mistakes and and continues to make the same mistakes so right. what, what does that tell you? Does that, does that lead to a coaching thing? Or is that a personnel thing? Or maybe it's a little bit of both. So, you know, that unfortunate, uh, that's kind of the way that it was. The Sharks were kind of had their, their uh, tails pinned between their legs, so to speak, or, you know, tails firmly between the fins if you want to go with the shark pun um for the rest of that third period um basically a frantic finish at the end with a final few seconds and then they go into that
2: three on three and again wait wait before you get into the overtime though yeah can we talk about mario ferraro (laughs) and since mark's on here holy (laughs) crap Save I the almost game. lost my – I almost pissed by my – I saw that puck going, and I was like, really? We're going to let that happen on, on the Marlowe game? With two seconds left, it's going to just trickle past in? Oh, my God. But, yeah, yeah, Landy, way too many penalties. But, oh, my God, your bo- – Mark, your boy – for Vesna, let's make it happen.
1: <laughs> yep, he was in the perfect place at the perfect time. <laughs> I I, I right? the angle on TV too, I was seeing that and just it almost started happening in slow motion because <laughs> so I was like, Is this really oh, how the game is gonna end? My god Dude,
2: do you, that I mean I we where we were sitting, we were in like in the corner behind Jones and I'm just saying like oh god, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah you know, it was, yeah, like, it was a train those, wreck. One like, of those. Yeah,
0: you were just watching it in slow motion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh yeah, Sonic Tonic uh with the with the great quote there. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know mario with that one save definitely was like you know the the play of the game that's for sure and and i think you know you're you're talking to three guys who are on the mario ferraro fan club at this point um <laughs> you got that right. i mean honestly that the kid is going to be wearing the c sooner than later and um just a hell of a player you know it wouldn't surprise me if he you know, if he ends up, you know, challenging for a Norris one day, you know, I think he's just he's just that good of a player. And and I think if he gets the offensive pedigree into his game and, and pairs it with just just a unique understanding of his own zone and where the puck is in his own zone. uh, Again, I, I see very big things for this kid. And again, I, I think he'll be wearing the C kind of kind of like a Rob Blake May, might be a good comparison for the kid
1: yeah if that offense could uh develop you'd have one of the top defensemen in the league I mean he's definitely make got the making of the defensive end the hockey IQ the energy the leadership the only thing missing at this point is a a little bit more production offensively but even Mm -hmm. there I think he's got a little bit of an improvement over last year and you're seeing him jump up in the play with a little bit more confidence so definitely trending up there too
0: And uh, we want to uh, give a quick shout out to all fifty-seven of you watching tonight. We really appreciate it. If you haven't already, please go ahead and like and subscribe. Uh, You know we're at fifty-six right now, so let's call it a cool twenty-seven, and you'll get that favorite uh, that favorite soundbite and favorite. uh, you know topic of the game so uh, we already got the uh, $20 donation so you know let's get those likes up and uh, and we'll give you uh, give the people what they want
2: (laughs) absolutely okay guys I I will say this I I got I got the uh, I don't know if my camera's gonna pick it up but uh, these are very rare especially uh, tonight because uh, uh, because of the occasion and uh, yeah people might be fighting over me with with these uh with these uh special pucks uh I know the, uh, I think I ordered about a hundred dollars worth of stuff from the sharks Pro shop as well with with all the Marlowe merch so it's gonna be pricey back to you Landy <laughs> <laughs> take my
0: money um <laughs> right guys I mean that that third period or that that overtime period was just that was wacko. And and honestly, again, I saw the guys being caught out on those long shifts. And it was very, very evident. And And there was one player in particular, and I think you guys all know who I'm talking about. But by the time that he got to the bench, he was so gassed. And, and being a defenseman and being that gassed doesn't uh, lead to the best of uh, – of opportunities (laughs) put it to you that way and I think Jones definitely saved his bacon I think twice in that overtime period guys I mean we talked a little bit about it um Eric with with Mark on on the second periods and the long change but what is it Mm -hmm. with the team and, and 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 shift discipline we have seen this
2: issue all year all year yeah, it's it's something that you know they can't keep the short shifts, or or they see you know trying to get one more scoring chance, and then they get hung out too long because of a quick turnover, and get hemmed in their own zone. I you gotta be careful with it, and it's a teachable moment for not just the players, but maybe the coaches to say, hey, you know, get puck puck out of the zone and get it deep, you know change up yeah because we saw it the other night when when timo was being a little lazy getting off the ice where he didn't stride to the bench yeah i saw like Nato hustle like crazy because he was behind the play carlson i saw i remember in the um overtime he was so gassed and the, the puck was getting played upward a bit and carlson's like no you go back there we're gonna start over again because uh, I can't go any further, and that's probably good because a turnover and hurdles by himself, and you're you're in big trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I mean, we've got Kevin um, saying <laughs> duty was spending all of his energy bailing out Couture, and and I think that's also yep. I think that that's also part yeah. of the problem yeah. is is. Bob Bugner really needs to realize when a player's so injured that he's a detriment to his team. And I think that we're at that point now where we have to really look at Logan Couture and ask, is he healthy enough to be playing right now? I, I don't think so, guys. I mean, he he's just lost everything in his shot. His passing has just – I mean, it looks like the – the The puck leaves at like four miles an hour off of his stick when he's trying to do a cross ice pass. There's just nothing left, and and I feel I feel really bad because he's the captain and he's trying to leave it all out there. But I think it's also a sign of a good leader to know, hey, you know what, guys, I, I'm I'm taking away from the team at this point. I mean, I I think he's at that point. Where do you guys What are you guys thinking on Couture and just how he's playing through it?
1: I think um, he's definitely struggling, but I think you hit a point there that actually is one of the things that I wanted to say is that I don't understand this thing that Bugner does where like who he plays in overtime. I feel like the game is suddenly different over time. You have to adjust your strategy, right? We're three on three. And I know Donato and Leonard, for example, are fourth liners, right? Today, at least. They have yeah. the legs, though. Why don't you take advantage of that? And I, anytime I see Kachora on in overtime, like, unless he gets a chance to get a great shot off, I think he's going to be useless because he just doesn't have the speed to compete with that open ice. And you saw it during that shift that I think you're referring to with Carlson. I mean, it wasn't just that he was pinned, too. Both He was behind the play, I think, three or four times in that shift. They had opportunities where it could have been two-on-ones going in the offensive zone. And he is behind the play, and they caught up to him. Then coming back into his own zone, he's behind the play, and it's just—I—I I know he's the captain. I know he's a great goal scorer when he's on his game. But as a coach, I feel like that's where you make those changes. Put more time for balsers Put more time for Leonard. More time for Gregor. Yeah, more time that for was. Donato. These are the guys with legs. Uh,
0: th- that was that was where I was gonna go, uh, and I was gonna hand it off to you, Eric, but. Yeah. Why did Gregor not see you know him you put him and Patty together holy shit that's going to be a fast you know that's going to be a fast set and you put either you know Burnsy or or Hell even Ferraro or 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 Kinesiov or or you know EK uh on the back end and and oh my god I mean you could be transitioning back and, and back and forth and and I mean you can just see these guys fly I mean so what is the hesitancy there from the coach and and why is he reluctant to to move off his
2: veterans? Well, I think first and foremost he's kind of like PDB in that sense, and he's come from, you know, the PDB coaching tree per se. Uh, he likes his veteran players. Uh, at the same time, first off, you talk about him coming out of the lineup. Who are you gonna put him with? Put out there, Handelmark? I mean, you're gonna put out. You know, I mean, insert any guy that's that's, you know, been coming in and out of the lineup. And right now, even though they've lost six or excuse me, six in a row. Yeah. Uh, yay. We got a point. This uh, injured couture or. A rookie who hasn't done much. Give you the best chance to win. Remember, there's. Still thinking they got a shot at the playoffs, you know. And so Couture is going to probably come out there as much as possible. Should he not get as much ice time at this point? I think it's it's come to conclusion that yeah, that's the case. And he took a bad hit uh, in the third period, which you know, like oh, oh didn't see that one, didn't see that one. But you know, the thing is, is that. The guys are—they're are, trying to make the playoffs. They still have a shot, and until they completely poop themselves and eliminate and get a, mathematically eliminated, Couture is going to probably be out there. I can almost guarantee you, if the Sharks are eliminated, and again, I'm the optimist of the group here, until they're completely eliminated, Couture is going to be out there. And I guarantee you when, if they are eliminated from the postseason, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, I would assume that you'll definitely see Couture getting, you know, the, the time off. Now, as for overtime, yeah, i like to see more than just, you know, Burns, Hurdle, Marlowe, and go back to EK65, Couture, and you know who LeBank, you know so um
0: and and you know the that's the other thing that's the other elephant in the room right now is is they're just not getting enough out of kevin LeBank and timo meyer at this point and and you know these are guys that are expected to really step up and really be the next generation of sharks and 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 it's like where the hell have they gone you know what I mean? Like Timo at this point, let's let's take a look at what Timo did tonight. Timo had 15 minutes of ice time. Okay, three shots on goal, one hit and one block. Good, but only a minute of power play time, so that kind of goes to show you where what Bob is thinking on on his, you know, rewarding his player um, you know, for 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 uh, you know, the the effort that he's been put in. But guys, I mean at, at at some point we have to ask, okay, when is it you know when's enough enough with with this kid with starting really slowly and tra- having him have to work his way into the season. I I I don't know what the answer is to get him and and LeBanc you know going again, but I, I mean for guys that are that are taking up as much cap space as there, I think between the two of them it's eleven million dollars. You know, in getting the production that they're getting, what is the answer to these two? Is it is it is it time to start thinking about moving on from one of them? Because, I mean, I feel like you can't have both of them because of the way that they start. You know, they both are notoriously slow starters and, and seemingly complementary pieces at this point. You know, not play drivers. I mean... I don't know, guys. Talk me off the talk me off the edge here of of wanting to see one of these two traded. Uh, Mark, what what are you thinking?
1: I think um, I'm okay with trading them if you're going to get like a big piece in return or some sort of good haul. But the problem is that we are moving towards a youth movement, and they fit that mold. Now the problem, I agree with you, is they're just too inconsistent. And the problem is you can't, you can't have two players that are both inconsistent. You got one firing for two weeks at a time, then the other guy's invisible. The other guy's firing for two weeks, and the first one's invisible. And it's just, this has been playing the Sharks this year and even last year. You looked at those guys two years ago, and they were very consistent, putting up big numbers, 55, 66 points or whatever it was for each of them. And now they're barely guys who are averaging half a point game you know that's just not what they're getting paid for especially and also not the development you want to see from guys I mean they're both regressing pretty much
0: yeah regressing hard okay
2: yeah and and that's the thing you guys is that you know they aren't showing up and now that they got their money they're not showing up gee I wonder where we've heard that conversation before and and, and again it's in that sense EK 65 gets a ton of crap from all of us you know, I, I personally like him because he's got a great first name, but I digress. Out of, outside of that, <laughs> remains to be seen. Uh, you know, Burns, he got his first goal in, like, 20-some-odd games. Where have you been? Timo, Kevin, you're the guys that they're going to be building around with this reset. I mean, seriously, what are you doing? You're on the fourth line? I guess you just want a freaking paycheck. Get together, you know cooch i get i get it you're hurt and everything and i appreciate the effort you're trying to do to to get through through this my gosh you're hurting too evander kudos to you man you've been a hell of a guy but everybody needs to step it up i mean you guys i'm sorry and again i'm the optimist of the group you have a golden opportunity because nobody wants the fourth seed to play colorado in the, in the first round of the playoffs and you're just blowing if you're gonna suck i get it you're gonna suck but at the same time you have a chance to get into the playoffs very easily and you're just letting it walk away and, and that my friends is gonna piss off people and piss off the fan base
0: yeah no <sighs> I, I no I, I i totally agree with you eric i mean the, it, it's it's gotten to the point where where they're you know that the that the, the product on the ice is just not fun to watch. You know what I mean? And and that's that is that's a big issue. I mean, because you can you can be losing, and and it could be close games or whatever, and and you know it's it's interesting. You know, it's 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 back and forth, it's nail biting, and 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 fun. But when you're like getting blanked five to two, or or you're getting you know, you're getting four goals scored on you within one period or or some other crap like that. It's just not fun anymore. And and like, for instance, you have a guy like Rudy Balsers, right, who was a waiver wire pickup and has now surpassed both Timo and LeBanc. And LeBanc in the in the lineup. And in it's a freaking waiver wire pickup. This is this is a guy who we've always thought, okay, you know, maybe he can slot in the top nine, but holy shit, he's looking like a second line player because the your two second line player kind of guys are not pulling their weight. Right. Yep. I, yeah, I, yeah. One I,
1: other detail on Timo, because you were mentioned possibly moving on from him. Um, I'm not 100% sure on the rules, but in his final year of this current contract, he gets $10 million. So yeah. for us to qualify him, following that deal, we're going to have to offer him at a minimum $10 million. So the closer you get to that final year, he's probably going to lose trade value unless he shoots up his production.
0: Basically, he'd have to be 65 to 70, 70 point player in order to to make that qualifying offer be decent. And and yeah. and right now from from what I've seen this season, he's not that player. He's just flat out not, not that player. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well boys, I think it comes uh I think it comes around to that time once again. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, on.
2: 30 likes. We have 8 people watching. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um are, are, are we getting to that favorite segment? Because we do have to talk about um, how, how crazy it is to uh, wear these bad boys at a hockey game. <laughs> All right. Well, let's
0: rock and roll. Have the goddamn coming, Curtis, and give him a reach around. Yes, that's right. It is the reach around. Well, this evening it was packed full of games on the NHL Docket. You had first the Hurricanes and the Lightning. The Lightning coming out in overtime three to two. The Panthers and the Blue Jackets. Panthers beating up on the Blue Jackets four to two. Panthers looking like they're gonna make a little bit of a run here, guys. Red Wings and Stars, final in the shootouts three to two. Uh, the Stars take that in the shootout and maybe have a little life. I don't know. But I think their their runways is starting to get real short here. Predators continue to to bounce back very, very well. They beat up on the Blackhawks 5-2 to two tonight. And, uh, you know, the Predators kind of riding their ship. And uh, they picked a hell of a time to do it. The Wild beat up on the Coyotes 5-2 to two as well. Again, it is that hot potato for fourth place. It's like, I don't want it. No, do you want it? No, I don't want it either. So <laughs> anyhow, the the fourth place remains as much as a mystery as it did going into these games. <laughs> uh, the Senators beat the Flames 4-2. to The Flames continuing to, to kind of be almost like a mirror of the Sharks in that North division where there, there was, at the start of the season, uh, some... some uh, some room for optimism, and and I think uh, you know I think that there were some high expectations in Calgary for for what that team was going to do, whether those were misplaced or not. I don't think we're really at the uh, at the point to say it, but you know the the Flames just continued to to go into that di- uh, downward spin, and and again the Senators beating them four to two, the Oilers uh, beating the uh, Canadiens four to one. Carey Price goes out with an injury in that one. And oh boy, uh, yep, yeah, you know it, it's looking like that that Canadian ship is starting to to take on a lot of water, guys. in it and I don't know where they're going to end up, but it does. It, it's not looking good over in Montreal land, that's for sure. And then your night, at least okay. they have Jake Allen. I was going
2: to say at least they have Jake
0: Allen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kevin Lacey uh, pulling up something. I think I think we could all probably agree with can we just give the fourth pacific spot to a central division team oh boy yeah i i i agree it's just like it it is it is just insane how nobody wants that fourth playoff spot it's just insane uh and then of course the nightcap tonight the the golden knights beating the sharks three to two in the shootout uh but of course i think that that was the 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 end result of that game is just a footnote to the Patrick Marlowe night, and uh, you know again, I think it was uh, shown across the entire league. Um, if you had been watching a little bit of the pregames for different uh, different games, I think there was a lot of video messages being sent out to uh, to, to Patty and congratulating him. Of course, you had the the tribute from um, uh, Gary Bettman. And, uh, again, even even NHL.com, I mean, the leading story was Patrick Marleau, you know, beating the all-time games played record by Gordie Howe and, and uh, you know, taking over Seoul
2: first place. Now, who is the dick uh, that works for the Toronto Star?
1: Oh, geez.
2: Um, that, that's, like, basically saying, uh oh, he doesn't deserve it. He's only doing this to get the record and all that stuff. It's like, shut the fuck Fuck up. Nobody likes you in the Toronto media. Nobody likes you with the Leafs. And then you got to badger yourself in there because you need some clout. Shut the
1: hell up. Yeah. Just another reason why I can never root for Toronto. (laughs) I know he's not part of the team, but it's just that city. Just like you knew if there was going to be something bad about Marlowe today, it was going to come from somewhere in Toronto. Whether it's some idiots online. Or someone like him in the press, just someone saying something stupid, showing lack of appreciation for the guy that he is.
0: Yeah, Steve Simmons. And then I think the other asshole on the list is uh, Larry Brooks over in your neck of the woods, Mark. Um, That guy's a piece of
2: work. Um, But, uh, you know. Didn't he get into it with Boyle one time? uh, Yeah. (laughs) If you
1: ever want to feel good about yourself, go watch Boyle tear into him. Right. Oh, yeah.
2: No,
0: uh, definitely, definitely a classic. But, I mean, honestly, guys, it, it. records are meant to be broken you know it's it's incredible um it's an incredible feat of of longevity and and i mean hell even even gordy i mean when when he you know set that record he basically set that record from I I think what was his? He was like fifty years old in his last game or something, fifty one or something. You know when he was playing with Mark, um, uh, you know when they were on the WHA with the with the Whalers, and then the Whalers went into the NHL, and I think Gordy was there for one year, and I think, like I want to say, I think he was fifty or fifty one. So even you know even the the games that he padded onto his record, I mean, you could say that uh, you know this is a guy playing out the string because he wanted to play with his son i mean like again we we could have all sorts of arguments about this but it's just i think it's just a feat that anybody could come you know within spitting distance of
2: gordy let alone surpass him and, and that's the other thing too don't forget if you can you can even google this up because i was looking up for graphics for any for everything Gordy Howe played in the IHL for the Detroit Vipers in the '90s. Played one shift to extend his streak of playing in dec- like every decade up to like six or seven, whatever it was. So if you want to say gimmick or anything, Gordy kind of did the same thing and you get the blessing from the Howe family. I don't know if you saw it from Ross McEwen, uh, who does things for the Chronicle along with uh, For the Sharks on NHL.com, you know, the Howboys were were saying, hey, he'd be shaking his hand right now for, for doing it. You know, like you said, records are meant to be broken. And heck, I think this week, Patty will go 900 games in a row. And kudos to him and kudos to everybody who's done it. Who's done it. You know, and, and I know Chris, the chat, Marlowe endured two lockouts and COVID. Think about it. You get 34 games from 2013, another 82. He could be at uh, 2,000 games. He he could have been at 2,000 games. You know, I mean, he could could be pushing uh, Howe's all-time record, including his WHA numbers. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah, no, I
0: and and totally agree the the whole How family was so gracious, you know, to Patrick and and I know that Patrick had has always, you know, had a soft spot for Gordy too. I I know that those two had had um, you know, had some had some good um interactions and stuff and and uh, again, you could not ask for a better man to break, you know, a great man's record. You know what I mean? Gordy How is is an incredible player he he again Mr. Hockey a guy that had time for anyone would would you know stay late at the rink to sign autographs or or skate with little kids or or whatever and and you think okay man you know you just hope that a that a as good and as a humble a human being as that would would break that record and and I don't think there was any I don't think that there's anybody better to fit that bill than than Patrick Marleau so far as humble and, and playing the game the right way and, you know, being there for the fans and, and just being a great human.
1: Yeah. I, can't, I mean, I can't think of anyone who's classier than Marlowe. I mean, he's a good family man. He's a good hockey player. He's a hard worker. The guy, has he ever complained before? <laughs> I don't think I've heard him complain. He, he's literally like an absolute legend in all aspects you look for in a professional player, you know, you know, especially in an era where you have a lot of personalities, where you're like, oh, thank God that guy's not on my team. I don't want to have to root for him, you know, but Patty Marlowe is like one of the easiest people to root for and has been since he started. So um, this accomplishment, it goes more than just being someone who put up points and goals. It's like the toughest sport to play physically. And this guy has missed how many games in his career? Not many.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and and again doing it with class i think you 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 could probably ask all of the players that have played against patrick marlowe and and i don't think that you would have i i think you would have less than less than a handful would have anything bad to say about him i mean he's just classy guy good guy um you know understated and i think that that rubs a lot of people the wrong way that he's understated but Again, that he's he's a he's a, a rural kid, you know, coming from Anoroid, and you know, grew up with with the with the family manners and 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 um, you know, like you know, Canadians just happen to be a little bit more more of a friendly people, and you know, respect you know the respect thing is a I think a totally different ball game up there, and and again, he just came from a really good family, and 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 never, I mean, even. Even through all the accolades, even through all of the success, never let it go to his head. Never had a big head about it. Never. And and, and oh. again, I don't I don't think that you could ask for a better human to break that record. And and I think Gordy is probably looking down on him, smiling and, and going, you know, I'm glad that that kid did it, versus
2: you know, <laughs> versus somebody else. And to quote Drew Remenda, a good Saskatchewan boy himself, both of them from Saskatchewan. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys caught the Easter eggs on the logo for Saturday, but, you know, the green and the green for uh, for the logo we put together, uh, you know, a little shout out to uh, to uh, the Paris of the prairies, as I think Romenda has called it before. So definitely, uh, definitely. Would, uh, <laughs> what would Jeremy Roenick say? He would say I would hope he said good and good good for you uh, but uh, you probably tell him gutless and then he goes on the win the series <laughs> that's all i'm saying take that jr uh, yeah by he's... the way game thank you for game seven 2008 though
0: <laughs> yeah that's for sure
2: all right gentlemen well we're rounding out the
0: hour And uh, I think that this is a good place to, to put the bow on it. So uh, Puck guy, thank you for joining us. Uh, Where, where the people can find you and what are you up to in the next few days? Are you going to hang out over at the strip? You going to go a little crazy. What's happening?
2: Oh yeah. You know me go crazy. Um, Well, first off, I won't be doing this unless I'm fully vaccinated. So I'm, I'm glad to do this. And you know, man and I are going to, hang out and enjoy uh, oh uh, tomorrow will be nice and everything but uh you know I'll give full kudos to t-mobile arena uh, they had everything you know set up they had every all the entrances divided up into all the sections so you go up to your level uh, to your section of course they have a tier tiered uh, seating arrangement so you can separate you don't you just not one like there is in the shark tank so we we couldn't go in besides that Uh, so it was nice it was pretty simple and easy and everything is card you know credit cards or you know on the card which i think the sharks plan to do uh when they open up the shark tank on uh what is the monday the 26th so you know uh, all around it, it was a nice way i'm glad it wasn't as busy and everything but i'm Really glad to uh, join you guys on this edition. I mean, my goodness, we still have 72 people watching. So thank you very much. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, I'm at punkguy 14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. I got a bunch of stuff that I'm going to put up on, on Instagram in a little bit. And I appreciate being here. And I'm fortunate to uh, to do this uh, from Las Vegas. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it'll be uh, fun. I, I just got to figure it out now, guys. Taco Bell Cantina or Shake Shack? Uh, Taco Bell Cantina. After the show. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, but there's also White Castle.
0: Ooh. Where's White Castle? It's on the strip. It's on the strip. It's, it's I don't know, man. It's too many options. Too many good options. All right, Mark, oh, okay. what are you up to these days and wh- where can the people find you? And uh, don't start talking about food or you're going to get me hungry.
1: Uh, I won't talk about food, but I will give a shout-out to my UMass hockey team winning the national championship last week. Uh, yeah. I was in Pittsburgh for the Frozen Four, and that was uh, one of the best weekends of my life. So that was great.
2: Um, awesome. People-
1: <laughs> yeah, no Sharks prospects there right now, but still, great to watch. Um, but yeah, as always, people can find me at Mark E. Mark SJS.
0: Marky Mark, all right. Well, for me, I'm at Eric Landy. You can use my first name Eric, spelled with a K, the right way, and L A N D I on all the social media garbage. As far as where you can find me, well, you can find me on TealTownUSA.com doing some cool stuff. I'm also doing some some hits over with uh, <clears throat> the Genuine Draft, uh, and yeah, just uh, just trying to hang in there and uh, wait for <laughs> wait for greener pastures. In the off season, I guess. But uh, in case you missed us or you just want to watch us again or you want to listen to us while you're in the car, you know, on your commute, check us out across all of these great podcast platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, and, and then, of course, the umbrella that is covering it all is tealtownusa.com. So, for the team, <laughs> we will end it this way with our normal sign out. Keep it teal. Keep oh, keep it real. No, keep it teal. <laughs> keep it real teal. Thanks, everybody, and have a great one. <laughs> sure, call me now.